Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I want to welcome our online community. I want to welcome also all the men at TCI Correctional Facilities. And I'm just so excited to be able to introduce our guests. And I just had the opportunity of hearing him twice uh, at 9, at 10 in our traditional church. And I can't wait to hear him again. He moved my heart. And that's that's incredible, and he moved everyone's heart, so we're really excited about having him with us. He was with us last year, right around this same time, and blessed us greatly, and I told him last year, you have to come back and preach, and he's back, guys. So as Marcus comes forward, Brother Marcus, can we let him know how excited we are to have him with us? Amen. Come on, somebody. How you guys feeling today? As you can see, I'm on 10 already, and I am excited to be here. Raise your hands if you've heard me preach before. Raise your hands if you've never heard me preach. Go ahead and type it in the comments right now if you've never heard me preach. I just want to say this, buckle up, because (laughs) the Lord is good. He is faithful. He is who he says he is, and I'm excited to be here today. Um, Man, just so pumped. So first of all, i got to give honor where honor is due. Uh, Pastor Joe and Gina Thank you guys for just giving me the space to do what God has called me to do. Thank you for allowing me to speak into the people whom you guys have been shepherding. I don't take this lightly, and I don't say yes to every opportunity, but this is the one that feels like family. And so uh, we have some fun Wednesday at the Mount. Where are my Mount students at? Come on, somebody. See, listen, Mount students, if there's some Mount students in Boardman, here... I said we got to sit on the first couple rows, but it's okay. We're going to get to that in a second. But I want to thank everybody who's online watching Boardman. Make some noise. I can hear it. I can hear it in my spirit. Everybody online, TCI, we're about to have some fun today in the Word of God. So here's what I want everybody to do before we begin. I want, if you're on Facebook, go ahead and share this stream because I believe this is a word that's going to transform somebody's life. If you're on Facebook in this room and you can resist the temptation to scroll, just go to the Believer's Church Facebook and share this so that this message can get to as many people possible. Because I know that the word of God is alive and active, and I believe that God is infinitely creative and he'll use an online platform to reach people. So go ahead and do that. Um, I'm going to open up with some prayer and then we're going to get into it. So, Father, thank you for this moment. God, I thank you that there are people right now that are pulling out their cell phones to share this stream. God, I just pray for the the temptation of the enemy to be resisted as they feel the need to scroll. God, I pray for our time together that you would use this message, that you would use my words. We want you to move. We want more of you and less of me. Uh, Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. So here's what we're going to do before we begin. I need everybody to stand to your feet. Stand on up. As you know, I'm here to offend you. I want to offend your brain to get to your hearts. And so it's kind of a packed house. Boardman, stand up. Yes, there's some people in the back right now in Boardman that are still sitting down. Stand on up. Yep, people are looking at you now. You feel awkward. And here's what we're going to do, because a lot of us came into this house, came into this this space one way. Who's sitting in their normal seat? Raise your hand. Yeah, we're going to move today. So here's what we need to do. I need every single person in the room, everybody at TCI, everybody in Boardman, even if you're watching this from Facebook, from home, I need you to move to a different location of your house into a different seat. Move. Everybody move. Everybody move. Everybody move. Those of you in the back, come forth. Come on. We're going to fill it up, fill it up. There we go. Come on, Boardman. Listen, we are waiting for you. Please move. 
Come on, TCI. Come on, online community. I need everybody to move. There we go. I need as many Gen Zers up front as possible. See, Gen Z gives me energy. There we go. Come on, somebody. If you are 25 and older, you need to be sitting on the first three rows. If you're not, that's okay, too. I'm not knocking nobody. And if somebody did not move, here's what I need everybody to do. I need you just to look at that person and rebuke that rebellious spirit in Jesus' name. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to stand for the reading of the word. But before I get into the word, have you ever been in a situation where you were recognized for something you didn't want to be recognized for? You ever had a situation or been in a space where you were known for your past life or your past sin? Or maybe you were, every time you go around a certain people group, they're like, oh man, there he goes again. For me, I was known for my drug addiction. I was known for my situations that I struggled with back during my football days. And I was known as the guy that was an addict. I was known for the mistakes that I made and it made it really uncomfortable for me to be in certain spaces. Maybe you're known today for the sins that you've committed. Maybe you're known for being on multiple marriages. Maybe you're known for struggling with pornography. Maybe you're known for struggling with fear. Maybe you're known for murmuring and complaining about church. Uh Uh-oh. This is just, this is, I'm just being honest today. We get, we are sometimes identified by the past person, but I believe what the Lord wants to do today is he wants to transform us from the old man to the new man. Behold, all things have passed away. All things are made new. Everybody say new. Everybody say new. Now everybody say new like you mean it. Okay. Now we need to start doing that the first time. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to stand for the reading of God's word because I just believe in showing reverence to the word. And this is awesome. So if you've got your Bibles, wave them at me. Type, I brought my Bible to online church today. Or if you're at Borman, I want you just to wave your Bibles at the screen right now. I can see you in the spirit. There's four of you guys. Okay. Anybody else in the house brought a Bible? Okay. Oh, look at, okay. The people who brought their Bibles are super saved. Who got an electronic Bible? (laughs) 97%. Okay, here we go. Open up to Luke chapter seven. We about to break down the word today and I'm excited. Okay, Luke chapter seven, verse 36. When you're there, say Amen. When you're there, type amen. Okay. Verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. And so Jesus went to his house and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman was in the city, uh, they heard that he was eating there. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt before him, behind him, at his feet weeping. Her Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them with the hair on her head. Then she kept kissing his feet, putting perfume on them. Verse 39, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know which kind of woman in the manner of touching him. She is a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts, Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon said. Then Jesus told him a story. Imagine a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one who, canc- who, who had more money. Jesus said, that's right. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust off my feet, but she had washed them with, the, with her hair, with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. From the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. 
You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown much love, but a person who forgives little only loves little. Then Jesus answered, Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table among themselves, who is this man that can go around and forgive sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Father, I thank you for this word. Thank you that it is alive and active. God, I pray for everybody that's watching online, everybody in Boardman, and everybody in Warren. God, I pray for a Kairos moment. God, I pray that the word can pierce our hearts, that it can go to the depths of who we are and transform us. God, do what only you can do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. Okay, my first point I want to break down with you guys is a genuine heart trumps a religious mindset. Now, what's happening in this story is there's this lady who is known for her struggle. She's known for her sin. Her name probably was Karen. <laughs> she was known for, you know, I'm not trying to knock anybody that got the name Karen, but she's known for her issues. She's known for her struggles. She's known for the mistakes she's made. And so she's like, yo, I heard Jesus is at this Pharisee's house. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get to the house. Culturally, what's happening in this story is during those days, I went to Jerusalem in May. They would give every single young lady when she was born an alabaster jar. And so the jar was made of this precious marble, and it was extremely difficult to break. And what they would fill the jar with is a bunch of fragrant oil, spices, uh, spikenard, things that were just amazing and super expensive. And when a woman was to be married, she would break the alabaster jar at the feet of the groom as an act of honor. And so this is probably the only, the only possession that means anything to this lady. And she says, okay, I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to bring it to the feet of Jesus. Now, there's a lot of things happening in this story. A genuine heart trumps a religious mindset. You ever just met somebody that's super saved? Like, I mean, they're super saved. They're at every Bible study, sitting on the front row, tithing. Like, they're so saved that they don't even use a dirt devil vacuum. <laughs> if you're not laughing, somebody's thinking of you. <laughs> super saved, right? And so... They just can't, they can do no wrong. A religious mindset doesn't necessarily mean a follower of Jesus. Uh-oh. What do you mean, Marcus? Well, there was a man in the Bible who was with Jesus when he rose Lazarus from the dead. He saw Peter walk on water. He witnessed Jesus break 5,000 loaves of fish and feed so many people. He saw these things with his own eyes, and yet his heart was so far from God. Is that possible? Is it possible to come to church every single day and not be transformed? You guys remember Judas? Judas was at church every day. Judas followed Jesus around every single day, and yet he was so far from him. Judas had a religious mindset, but he didn't have a transformed heart. And so a religious mindset is not what you want to have. A genuine heart that is hungry for God trumps a religious mindset. The Bible says in Samuel 16, verse 7, listen, note takers are history makers. So if you need to pull out your cell phone notepad, take some notes because I believe that God is going to say something to you. I know he is. Samuel 16, 7 says, the Lord does not see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So you can have this appearance of godliness, but deny the power thereof. You can look the part. You can share every single Facebook post. You can be on the front row sitting in Boardman. You can be in a situation where you're kind of in a place of, you know, captivity like TCI, but 
God can still use you if your heart is genuine. But if your heart's not genuine, how can God use you? We can't just go through the motions of Christianity and expect God to do something in our lives. There's two types of people. There are professing Christians and possessing ones. The difference is this. Everybody, most of the people in America say, I'm a Christian. But their life doesn't say that they're a Christian. Their life says the, actual, the opposite. And then there are possessing Christians. We possess what we say. We don't just profess, oh, I believe the Lord. When the trials and temptations of life come, that's really who shows you who Christians are. The Bible talks about in Romans 5 that trials and tribulations produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope and hope doesn't disappoint. So some of you guys are in trial and tribulation right now. What's it producing? Is it producing character or is it producing a demonic tongue called murmuring and complaining? You see, a religious mindset doesn't see the goodness of God. They see everything that God isn't. And there's two people in this story. There's a person who can see who Jesus is, and then there's a person who sees him in part. Remember the Pharisee? What's crazy about this story is Jesus, I just love Jesus for this. A Pharisee invites him over to eat. You guys remember Psalms 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my, who's at the table with you? Jesus is at the table with you and he prepares a table. And so Jesus literally goes into this Pharisee's house. And this is, this is crazy. And what's wild is Jesus reclines there. He's comfortable. Jesus will come into your mess. Jesus will come and sit with you. Jesus will be with you even when you're so far from him if you invite him in. And that's what's happening in this story. And Jesus is just like, I, I just love how he doesn't allow what's going on around him to affect his mission for the Father. And so for those of us that don't know what's happening in the significance of this moment is Malachi 4.6 to Matthew 1. Malachi 4.6 is the last scripture in the Old Testament. It talks about the hearts of sons being turned back to fathers and fathers back to sons. And then there's 400 years of silence, right? You guys remember the 400 years of silence? Type amen if you remember the 400 years of silence. And there's 400 years of silence, and then boom, John the Baptist comes on the scene. So he's the first prophet since Malachi to be on the scene. During that 400-year period, the religious climate and the political climate rise to power, Sadducees and Pharisees. And so for a Pharisee to invite Jesus into his home is a big deal. This is a big deal. And Jesus is like, oh, yeah, I'll pull up. <laughs> what are we eating? Because he probably was eating steak because I love some steak. <laughs> no, nah, they definitely were eating lamb. My bad, my bad. Definitely eating some lamb. And so the second point I want to talk about is genuine repentance leads to genuine forgiveness. There's this lady, man. She's like, she heard who Jesus was. She heard about him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God, Romans 10, 17. So she heard about Jesus and says, okay, her hearing compelled her doing. Her hearing compelled her from going from one place to another. She did whatever she had to do. Imagine being at the Cavelli Center. And Jesus was there. Would anybody be here today? No. I'm sorry. I'm not here. I'm like, Pastor, I'll preach another time. I got, the, the man is here. Everybody would be there. Just imagine all the people from around the world would fly in to be where Jesus was, to sit at his feet. The who's who. I mean, every major pastor, Christian leader, rabbi, everybody would be there. That place would be packed out. And imagine a lady who was known for her sin. In this story, chances are, the, everybody in that room was a man. 
And so you've got this lady. Some scholars say that she was um, she slept around. And so a lady who was known for her sin by the religious community decides that she's going to do whatever she has to do to get to the feet of Jesus at the Cavelli Center. She had to fight through a lot of stuff. She had to fight through the social humiliation. Imagine being known for your sin. That's why I talked about I was known for my drug addiction and it hindered my ability to see myself clearly in some ways because I had overcome drug addiction, but the history of my past was still there. So I'm like, well, that's who I was. During biblical days, what they would do is they would tie, they would chain a dead body to you and you would have to walk around with this dead body and it would slowly take your life. Whenever you would get punished, it would slowly kill you. And the reason why that is, is because they wanted to take people's lives, but they wanted to do it slowly. But I believe what the Lord is doing today, even online in Boardman and at TCI is we've got to give the old man a eulogy. We've got to cut off the old man. And that's why a genuine repentance leads to genuine forgiveness. This lady did not care. She said, I don't care about the social stuff. They could talk about me. I'm going to get to the feet of Jesus because that's what I have to do. But I'm going to bring something, the most precious thing that I have. When was the last time you got that hungry for the Lord? Where you took what was most precious to you and brought it to the feet of Jesus. She saw who Jesus was and says, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I... I I believe the Lord, this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants us to be a people that are so on fire for him and so hungry to bring whatever it is that's hindering us to be before the, before the feet of Jesus. And so this lady, it's, it's, it's crazy that she said, you know what? Everything that's going on, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. Imagine if a homeless person walked in right now or a person that's stunk or somebody that was the opposite of your political party or your political preference or somebody that we've deemed the Antichrist, to say they walked in, what's the first thing we think of? What's the first thing we do? Do we start cursing them in our minds? Or we see a celebrity online that gives their life to Jesus, but their lifestyle maybe isn't necessarily lining up. Are we praying for them or are we condemning them? Uh-oh, I just hit a vein. Come on, we gotta be honest. We're called to be the hands and of Jesus. We're gonna say it again. We're called to be the hands and of Jesus. So why do we always want to be the mouthpiece? Uh-oh. Oh, how do you know? Go on Facebook. You guys have seen it. You can't scroll for more than two seconds on Facebook. Everybody's sharing their opinions because we love what we have to say so much. We do. Some of you guys just got convicted because we're always posting about what we think. Why don't we just post scriptures and let the scriptures deal with people's hearts? And why don't we just, Jeremiah 31, 3, through love and kindness have I drawn thee. Why don't we learn to literally love the hell out of people? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, let's go. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's so much more than just us confessing. It's giving us a promise that he is faithful. Who is he? Jesus is faithful and he is just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. And so this lady has a lot of sins and Jesus, like, it's crazy. Jesus points that out. He's like, yo, <laughs> she got a lot going on. Probably more than most of you guys in here, but her heart was towards me and she did whatever it took to get to my feet. Everybody worships something. 
Every single person watching online, you guys worship something. It's not a matter of what you worship. It's not a matter of if you worship. It's a matter of what you worship. Either you worship God, maybe yourself, fame, prosperity. Maybe you worship your job, your family. Anytime we put something before God, that's got it, that has our attention. Is that what you're doing today? Are there things before you and the Lord? Because I believe if you want to see your life transform, you've got to become transparent because transparency leads to transformation. It does every single time. Transparency leads to transformation. And so the social dynamic, public humiliation, in the midst of all of that, there's heart transformation. Which leads me to my third point. Genuine repentance doesn't care about public opinion. So when I was going through my drug addiction and I overcame my drug addiction, I had to get to this place where my wife empowered me. Hey, babe, I know you're watching online. She empowered me to tell the story of what God did in my life because the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, we've overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But if you're not allowing yourself to be an overcomer, then you're living in bondage. How many of you guys have prayed and asked God to forgive you for something multiple times? How many of you guys have prayed and asked God to forgive you for the same thing multiple times? I want you to type, if that's you online, or if you in Borman, I want you to raise your hand. My question for you is why? Why did you ask God multiple times? Talk to me, church. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I hear you. Come on. You still not here? I'll hear you. Amen. I heard you, sis. Because we haven't forgiven ourselves. If he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, why are we asking him to do, if he forgave me? Because maybe when we brought something to the altar, we took it, took it back with us to our seats. We've asked God to deliver us from fear. We've asked God to deliver us from addiction to pornography. We've asked God to deliver us from drug addiction. We've asked God to deliver us from anxiety, but we don't want to let go of it because we don't know how to. If his yoke is easy and his burden is light, all we have to do is be, is be completely surrendered. Now, now, what I want everybody to do right now, if I were to say freeze, what would you do? If I was the cops, I said freeze. Freeze. Anybody, what would you do? I'm throwing my hands up. I don't know about, I don't know about y'all. But I'm throwing my hands up because I recognize the authority that the police officer possesses. And in order for me to potentially save my life, I better freeze. I'm not going to run. I'm going to freeze. But when the Holy Spirit tells you to freeze, you know what we do? Man. No, man, I'm not doing it. I'm still struggling with it. Nope, I'm not, I'm not letting it go. They hurt me. My parent hurt me, man. They were supposed to love me. And we used to let the sin done to us produce sin within us. We have allowed the things that have happened to us to produce sin within us. But I'm telling you, the Lord is saying, if you would trust again, if you would believe again, I am faithful. I have not, never left you. Or we can keep our hands in our pockets. And we can live a life that doesn't have any type of genuine transformation. But I'm going to ask you a question. What's the most valuable thing that you possess? What do you possess that's the most valuable to you? You see, I, I have a really, really nice cologne collection. Y'all laughing, but give me a hug. You'll smell it. That's right. I'm wearing Tom Ford Velvet Orchid today. I love cologne. I love to smell good. But what are some things that you guys possess? I want you to type it into the comments. What are some of the things that you guys possess that 
are valuable to you. Maybe it's your house. Maybe you just got a brand new truck. I want a truck one day. Or a Tesla. Amen. I don't care. Or maybe it's your job. Or your family, your kids, your pride and joy. That's my most valuable possession. But how many of us possess the fruits of the Spirit? How many of us possess Jesus Christ living on the inside of us? A lot of us don't possess that because we don't know how to obtain it. And then we get into this cultural um, trick, which is workmanship. We work, 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 and build, build, build. One of the temptations of the, of the enemy was for Jesus to provide for himself. And so we'll think that we need to provide for ourselves instead of letting the creator pride provide for us and transform us. And so the thing that you need to possess is the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. You see, the price of something is determined by the, by the price you're willing to pay, the value of something. Like you're so valuable that God would send his son to die for you. I, I don't know who needs to hear that, but like you're so valuable, even in your mess, that God sent his son to die for you. That even though you may be in a situation right now where your life is somewhat limited, that God sent his son to die for you. I need everyone in the room and everybody online and everybody in Boardman to take a deep breath. That is the greatest gift that you've ever been given. Statistics say you shouldn't be here, but you are a really fast swimmer. And now you're here. It's by miracle that you're here. I'm telling you, it is by absolute miracle that you're here, but it takes a genuine heart to believe that God can do something in your life. And so my question for you is, what is the most valuable thing you possess? Do you possess the presence of God dwelling on the inside of you, or do you possess the things that you can do for yourself? If I squeezed an orange and grape juice came out, would that be weird to you? Right? Let's talk about it. It'd be weird. Why would it be weird? Because the orange is not meant to possess something like grape juice. It's meant to produce orange juice. So for the Christian, if a, a Christian is squeezed and Jesus doesn't come out, shouldn't that be weird? Uh-oh. What has been coming out of you when you've been squeezed by life? You see, there's two people in the story, like I said earlier. There's a person who can see who Jesus is and is willing to do whatever it takes to bring whatever they have to his feet. And then there's a person that can only see Jesus in part. The Pharisee, I believe deep in his heart, he wanted to know, like, there's something different about this one. But his religious mindset limited him from being able to see clearly. Is your, is your mindset right now limiting you from being able to see clearly? Can you see Jesus working in your life? Some of you guys shouldn't be here today. Some of you guys at TCI, you shouldn't have made it, but you're here. Some of you guys at Boardman are like, man, man I just stumbled into church today. Praise God. Praise God, you're in the house of God. What is church for? It talks, Jesus talked about the oil that she anointed him with. Psalms 133 says, how great and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil that runs down the head of Aaron to the beard, to the lower garments, and he commends a blessing on it forevermore. The oil is the anointing. Aaron represents the body. The anointing of God is present in this place. Are we letting it flow? Or are we hindering it from falling down? What can hinder it? Everybody point to your head real quick. Everybody in board, point to your head. Yes, you. Come on. 
Everybody's looking at a guy right now that's not pointing. Come on, don't be a rebel. Point to your head. A religious mindset will limit what God can do in your life. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You guys put your fingers down. But I'm going to ask you guys one final question. What are you willing to surrender? What are you willing to bring to the feet of Jesus and what's preventing you from being all in with him? Like I went to a Viking game a couple weeks ago out in Minnesota. I was preaching out there and, and I'll never forget seeing a sea of fans just go bananas. Like they went crazy for their team. And my Chicago Bears were playing them and yes, we lost. But Justin Fields had a decent game. OH. Come on, somebody. I'm going to be at that tailgate. <laughs> but I saw them go wild for this team. They had so much pride in what they believed. They had so much pride in their team. They were willing to look foolish for them. Like in some of the guys were out there in freezing weather with no shirts on, painted all purple. We laugh, but when is the last time we looked that foolish for the Lord? We think we're supposed to just come to church and sit there reserved. Like our act of worship is, is what are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to give? And I just, I, I know the church needs to be revived and burn bright for Jesus again. We should be going way more wild for Jesus than we do for a football team. That's just the God's honest truth. Or maybe we've gone to our favorite concert and we just, oh, Jaira, you are. But are we living that at home? Are you living it at home? Are you just looking the part in church? That's why we have to get outside of this whole public perception, public opinion. I don't care what people are doing around me. When I worship God, I'm going to worship him in spirit and in truth because that's what he deserves. We need to be free in the house of God again. We need to be free today. And so everybody in here has a card that's on their table. Everybody at Boardman TCI, you guys all have a card. And I want you just to grab that card. And before you write anything, I want you to begin to search your heart. And I want you to begin to ask Jesus, what is the thing that's prevented me from being all in with you? What is the thing that I haven't sacrificed or broke at your feet? What is my alabaster jar? You see, I believe all of us represent an alabaster jar. All of us could be hard on the outside. Tough, I'm a manly man, I don't cry. But really on the inside, we're extremely precious. But in order for the contents on the inside that are precious to be broken at the feet of Jesus, we must be broken. And that's what the Lord wants to do today. So at Boardman TCI online, whoever's watching this, today is your day. Ask yourself this question. What have I put before the Lord? The very fact that you're here listening to my voice means that God has purpose for your life. Most of society isn't in church. We're actually going the opposite way. So God is raising up a remnant of people that are going to burn for him again. That are going to believe God for the miraculous. But in order to believe God for the miraculous, just like 1 John 1, 9 says, we have to confess our sins because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So that secret sin that you've been living in, those things that you've been struggling with, today's your day. 
That's, that's what I know. I was sent on mission. I, I, felt, I felt my spirit as I was driving up. The Lord dropped a couple of things that I want to call out. Uh, I felt my heart really strongly that there is a marriage that's being restored. That there's just been this war against your marriage. And the enemy has wanted to take you guys out. Because he's been after the covenant. And we've been struggling with loving one another. We have been struggling with just intimacy. Intimacy is so much more than what you do in the bedroom. Intimacy is just time spent together. But the Lord is restoring marriages today. Also, I felt that there's a father wound being healed. I felt that in worship just today. That there's an issue with a father. That God is bringing complete restoration. That even though he may not have been there, hurt people hurt people. And that anger that you've held on to for years, today is a day where you get to release it because forgiveness is about you, it's not about them. I've been there, I had a father wound for years, all the way up to the beginning of 2022. Yeah, this year, I was still holding on to it. And I, still, I talked to my birth father, I talked to my dad, but I had this anger inside of me still that I said, search me, oh God. I want, I want you to take this away from me, but I don't know how to. I don't know how to trust you. And then he reminded me of what it was like to be at an altar and to leave things there. And so that's what I did. I left something at the altar. And then the last thing I heard um, is he's bringing back hope to the hopeless. He is bringing back hope to the hopeless. There are people here that are a little bit more seasoned in their lives. And they think that they're on their tail end on their way out. And maybe you're like, got a retirement plan and you're like, all right, well, you know, my social security will kick in here and I got a budget for here and budget for there. Listen, God doesn't want you to budget. All he wants you to do is trust him. Now I'm not knocking budgeting like that's important, but I'm saying he wants you to burn for him. He wants you to get back to a place where you're seeking his face and you're trusting him and he is your provider. You don't provide for yourself. That just like when you were younger, you used to burn for him. He's setting fires back on fire today. He's fanning the flame. But you've got to be somebody that says, okay, God, I want to burn for you again. Now, in a moment, I'm going to count down from 10. And I'm going to say, whatever you're struggling with today, I want you to bring it to this altar. But it's not just bad stuff. It's not just addictions and, 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 and just mental instability. It's not just those things. It's also your family, friends, your kids. There are things that we've put before the Lord. And he's saying, would you be willing, despite who's around, bring it at the feet of Jesus? Because like this woman, just like Jesus said, everywhere the gospel is preached, this woman will be remembered. So is that going to be your story? That everywhere the gospel is preached, that you're willing and able to do whatever God is leading you to do and bring it at his feet. And everybody close your eyes for a second. God, search our hearts today. Even online, God, even at Boardman, even in TCI, God, search our hearts. But Father, if you can restore an ex-drug addict high school fatherless dropout like me, God, you can restore anybody. I just feel this in my spirit. You don't have the power to fix yourself. The only thing that can fix you is the power of the Holy Spirit. 
that you've been diagnosed and you've been misdiagnosed and misrepresented and God wants to restore you today. When you look at scripture, he calls you son and he calls people daughter. He doesn't call you by your issues. So stop identifying with the issue. Begin to identify with sonship, with daughtership. And if you haven't been all in with Jesus, today is your day to be all in. In Jesus' name, amen. So take the next minute or two and I want you to write some things down on that card that has prevented you from seeing Jesus clearly. Or maybe there's some things that you need to sacrifice at this altar today. What's the most precious thing that needs to be broken at the feet of Christ? I never thought that there was freedom for pornography. I never thought that there was freedom for drug addiction and yet God delivered me from both. And so I refuse to come into agreement with an inferior reality. That if it's the finished work on the cross, then he did his part. All we have to do is do ours. So even online, begin to type what you're believing God to deliver you from, what you're sacrificing before him, what's prevented you from seeing him clearly. And I'm about to count down. And so we're not just gonna come up here and leave a card at an altar. It's easy to do that. What we're gonna do is we are going to believe God for an encounter. That this is a step of faith. This is believing that Jesus is who he says he is and his word is alive and active. And I see some people tearing up. I want to say that Psalms 126.5 says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Since the beginning of time, tears have been a sign of life, not a sign of weakness. I just rebuke toxic masculinity in Jesus' name. Man, we've got to start crying again. We've got to start crying again because the next generation is watching and we're setting the tone. And so if you've got something that you're delivering to Jesus, whether you're online and you're typing it in, whether you're at Boardman, whether you're here in Warren, I want you to raise it up nice and high. Raise it up nice and high, nice and high, nice and high. Come on, put it up high. I want you to actually believe that he's gonna take what you wrote down. And I want you guys to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. If you got something that you're delivering to Jesus, stand to your feet online, even in your room, even in your office, even at Borman, stand to your feet and believe that Jesus is who he says he is. He is the God who delivers, but it takes us being hungry to believe that he can do it. The Bible says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. We're hungry for him. And on the count of three, if you're willing, would you leave it at this altar for the first time in your life and believe that God is who he says he is and he's going to take away what you wrote down and he's going to fill you with his spirit in a new way. I'm gonna count down, 10, nine, if you're believing God for breakthrough, it's time. Eight, bring it up to this altar. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Jesus. Three. Two. There's somebody that needs to move. I know it. Come on. Even online right now, listen, today is your day that we serve a creative God. He will meet you right where you're at. We're not gonna let the enemy win anymore. That the bride of Christ is being formed back into her original intent to burn bright for her king. So Father, we thank you in this moment right now. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain all in board and TCI. 
There are things that are being sacrificed right now. Two. Fight through the crowd if you have to. Do the same thing that that woman did. Do whatever you have to do. Trust him. He's going to do it, sis. He's going to do it, sis. Trust him with it. Jesus. Today's your day, woman of God. Come on, man of God. lots of pain represented on these cards but just like in 1 John 1 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness righteousness is right standing before the father inviting the Lord to be the head of your life when God sees you he doesn't see a sinner he sees his son Jesus and he is our mediator And so there are some people that are giving their life to Christ and being all in for the first time. And that's worth celebrating. That prodigals are coming home. That pain is being released. That we're trusting God again. He wants us to live like this. And here's my charge for everybody in this house, everybody online. We are called to be the body of Christ. Yes, we've released some stuff at the altar. And I believe this is the first time for some of you guys ever. Now we have to steward our breakthrough. Getting in the word, trusting the father, sowing in time. We have to start doing what God is calling us to do. We have to start believing what the scriptures say. Don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. When there's prayer nights and worship nights, we've got to be the body and come all out again. Because when we do that, God begins to move. And the last thing I'll say about this story of this lady, you can go from being an outcast to being forgiven, to being set on fire. And there's a dying world that needs to see you burn. And so I commission every single person in this house. You don't have to be an evangelist to share the gospel. You are a son and a daughter of the King. Every single one of our callings is to be a soul winner. So go win souls for Jesus. Go win souls for our King. God bless you guys. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.